and welcome to the Actually Making a Difference podcast, the show about starting, growing, and marketing your purpose-led business. No magic wands, no false promises, just simple, straightforward, and honest advice based on decades of experience. I'm your host, Sarah Price, and you are ready to actually make a difference. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Actually Making a Difference podcast, the one-stop shop you need to help you to get your impact business up, running and growing. This episode of the Making a Difference podcast is being released on the 26th of December, what we in the UK call Boxing Day. It's a public holiday, a chance to extend the feasting and festivities of Christmas. Every day on Boxing Day, I have a chance to reflect on what I've learnt in the year that is drawing to a close, things that might be useful to me in the new year waiting to begin. And this year is no different. It has been a year of stark contrasts, big highs, terrible lows, great wins and some heartbreaking losses. For me personally, 2022 was the year I lost my mother, but also found new depths to my friendships, new and amazing clients to work with, and a new medium to reach out into the world, this podcast. So I wanted to share with you my top five lessons from 2022. Some are new lessons to me. Some are timely reminders of old lessons that I sometimes forget. I hope they resonate. I hope they encourage you towards your own reflections as 2022 comes to an end. And if you do spend some time considering your lessons from this year, why not come and share them in the Actually Making a Difference Facebook group? There's a post. I put it up on Christmas Day. Just search for the hashtag, hashtag lessons from 2022 and share your lessons. And when the office reopens on the 4th of January, I'll pick a winner from the people who share their lessons in the comments on that post. You could win a ticket to the actually fourth birthday party in March 2023, an awesome, epic, exclusive event that is bound to be a highlight of your year ahead. Okay, lesson number one, the importance of being different. Once upon a time, all I wanted was to be just like everyone else. The worst thing I could think of was to be thought of as different or weird by the other kids in the playground. I didn't want to stand out from the crowd. I didn't want to be different. I wanted to be normal, the same as them, invisible. I thought that being just like everyone else would keep me safe, that I wouldn't be bullied or picked on if I tried to be more like them. And even though this theory was repeatedly proven to be false, I still got bullied in spite of trying so hard not to be different. I just kept trying. I was reminded this year of why that's not only a fool's errand, because after all, you are different, so embrace it, but also very bad for your marketing. That fear of being different that desire to fit in and to be the same as everyone around us. I think that fear is what underpins our fear of getting visible. We don't want to stand out too much. We want to blend in. So we adopt bland, 
generic approaches. We play it safe in our marketing. We study what other people are doing and we try to emulate it. We buy their templates and their done for you social media content. And we try and hide in the crowd looking like everyone else. But I've been reminded this year that when it comes to marketing as well as life, it is important to be you, to be different, to show up as who you are, to embrace your weird and your perfect imperfections. In fact, earlier this year, I watched with joy as a TikTok account that I follow went viral and ended up attracting national media attention, first from the BBC and then from a range of other media outlets. That sad beige lady, she started posting on TikTok in rebellion against a tidal wave of allegedly tasteful beige being marketed at her for her kids. She was tired of seeing all the mummy influencers embracing this boring, bland and utterly unrealistic aesthetic. Not only because it's about as fascinating as oatmeal, but also because it makes all the other mums feel bad for dressing their kids in Peppa Pig t-shirts and red plastic wellies. But the wonderful outcome of this rebellious woman's insistence on authenticity and her gentle mockery of the world of beige was that she had the kind of media exposure that all of those same, same mummy influencers would sell their overindulged offspring for. So the moral of the story, embrace bright colours in a world of beige. Embrace your perfect imperfections. Be you. Lesson number two, and this may sound boring, but it's really important. Manage your cash flow. I don't mind telling you December has been a decidedly dicey month from a cash flow perspective. I'm normally pretty good with cash flow management. It was drilled into me by my first ever finance director in agency, an amazing guy called Tony, who taught me almost everything I know about the financial aspects of running a business. And then his lessons have been reinforced by my brilliant accountant, Nicola Deverson at the Envision Partnership who preaches the religion of cash flow forecasting and management to any entrepreneur who will listen. She does it because she knows, as I do, that the reason why most businesses in the UK fail is not because of recession or because they're not good businesses. It's not because their products are bad or even because their marketing wasn't effective. The reason that most businesses that fold go under is because of cash flow. I temporarily forgot about cash flow in October. In my defence, I forgot most things in October as I grappled with both an incredibly busy time in my business and the personal shock of losing my mum. I took my eye off the ball and so I didn't really see it coming. A great big tsunami of cash flow out at a time of year when traditionally we don't have a lot of cash coming in. Luckily, there's another financial lesson I learned a long time ago, the importance of cash reserves. We had enough reserves in place to weather a short-term storm, but without those reserves, well, let's just say Christmas would have been a lot less fun. So I guess this is really two lessons, forecast and manage your cash flow and make sure you have great cash reserves in place, just in case. 
Lesson number three is about elephants and resistance. And it came courtesy of my wonderful client, Rebecca Jefferson. Hi, Bex, if you're listening. It all started with a great chat in one of my weekly calls for actually JFDI members. I set them the challenge of taking an elephant task, something that's big, big and been on their to-do list for a while, like, I don't know, writing a book or building a website, and breaking it down into smaller, canopy-sized actions. Why? Well, mainly because the only way to eat an elephant is in bite-sized chunks, of course. And everyone found the task really useful and felt reassured that they could gain some momentum tackling their previously pachyderm-sized job. A great outcome. And in the conversation about why they had found it so useful and what they were going to do next, Bex shared that digestibility wasn't the only advantage to chopping up Dumbo into smaller pieces. What had happened for her as she broke down one of her elephant tasks was that she identified where her real resistance to that task had been all along. Now, it's not my place to share Bex's tasks here or to talk about her resistance specifically. Let me give you a different example. Let's say that you are resisting creating your social media content for the month ahead because it's a great big heffalump of a job, right? And the fact that you keep putting it off might lead you to think that you're, I don't know, resisting social media as a whole, or perhaps even that you're no good at it. But then you break that task down into smaller tasks. I don't know, decide on themes, allocate themes to different weeks, plan the weekly structure for your posts, plan the outline content, draft the content, create the images in Canva, and so on and so on, right? And as you put together the list, you realise it's not the entire elephantine task that you're putting off. It's just maybe the words bit. You're perfectly happy planning and creating, planning your content and creating your images, right? But maybe drafting the words is just more than you can bear. So that's useful information to inform how you approach your social media in future. Do more videos, create more memes, get someone else to help you with or to do the words for you. When you break down a massive task into smaller pieces, you not only make it more manageable, but you identify the real source of your resistance. And then you're in a position to do something about it. Neat, right? Thanks, Bex. Lesson number four, embrace the trolls. 2022 was the year that I got my first death threat on social media. Well, perhaps not so much a threat as someone who said they wished I was dead and that my death would make the sun shine just a little brighter. Now, before you all freak out and get worried, please don't. I cannot remember the last time I laughed so hard. Genuinely, the whole thing amused me. In fact, it continues to amuse me for reasons I will explain in a moment. But it also annoyed me, not for myself, but because I know that a lot of people, when I ask them why they're reluctant to get visible on social media, they say they're afraid of getting trolled. And this woman and her asinine comments was just further inflaming that reluctance. See, Sarah's getting trolled. It can happen. I'm scared. 
And sadly, yes, being trolled is a possibility. And not everybody is as thick-skinned as I am when it comes to dealing with sad loser trolls spreading poison from their dank and lonely bedsits. My advice to my clients has always been simple. Ignore, block, delete. Ignore what's been said because it says absolutely nothing about you and everything about the keyboard warrior, who is in reality a disgrace to the whole concept of warriordom. This is a person without courage or moral compass. Who cares what they use their limited mental capacity to think? Block the person concerned because clearly this person is never going to be a friend or a client. So just block them. Or better still, report them for harassment and then block them and then delete their comments. They're not relevant to you or to your business. They have no value. They emanate from a place of sad, bitter, ignorant loneliness and they are unworthy of your time or your timeline. Ignore, block, delete and then move on. And I have always followed that advice myself. In fact, I still recommend it. But this time, I was in the mood for mischief. This time, I decided to embrace the trolls and respond. After all, what was the worst that could happen, I thought? I could still delete their comments later. So I tried what I believe is called a little gentle roasting. To the troll who wished me dead and felt that my work is, quotes, everything that is wrong with the world, I said this. I always find it fascinating, and to be honest, genuinely amusing when those who believe they occupy some kind of morally superior position behave in such a morally questionable way. You don't know me, and clearly you have no idea what I do, since in fact my entire business is based on working with people who are led by purpose and not just profits. I would argue that idle trolls issuing death threats with the false confidence that comes from operating behind a mask of anonymity is a far greater indicator of everything that is wrong with the world than my business. But you do you. And to the troll who felt that I was a terrible, not the word he used, person for interrupting his social time with Facebook ads, I said this. Thank you so much for taking the time to engage with this ad, thereby boosting its reach ever further. Every little helps. Yep, we pay money to advertise on Facebook, thereby ensuring that you continue to have a completely free social platform on which you can insult people that you do not even know. I can absolutely see how that makes us the terrible people in this exchange. But thanks for making us smile. And now we come back to why this trolling experience continues to amuse me, the law of unintended consequences. Because you see, these trolls would clearly like me to go away. They want to silence me and others like me. But what has actually happened is that more people have seen and responded to that ad, which is for our awesome marketing superpowers quiz, by the way. More people have responded to that ad and done the quiz since the trolls appeared than in the four weeks prior to that. Thanks, trolls. Lesson number five, generosity wins. One of my core values is generosity. In fact, it's so important to me in my personal life that I find it very difficult to have any kind of relationship with people who are the opposite. And it's also important to me in my business, which is why radical generosity is one of the guiding principles of Actually. 
Acting in accordance with that guiding principle isn't always easy, especially when times are difficult. When we're faced with economic doom and gloom, a massive cost of living crisis and a global recession. It's easy to understand why my advisors question my ongoing commitment to generosity. Do you have to give away so much? Can you afford to run that free workshop, price those tickets so cheaply, give away such big bonuses with your programs? I've heard it all in 2022. But for me, there's no point in having a guiding principle if, when things get tough, you abandon it. And so I've stuck to my guns. And as I look back on this year, at the support I have had, the testimonials I have been given, the referrals people have made, and the enormous amount of goodwill that actually has attracted, I know I was right. Generosity wins. And talking of generosity, here's a little bonus lesson about the origins of Boxing Day, which got its name when Queen Victoria was on the throne in the 1800s and has absolutely nothing to do, as I always thought, with the sport of boxing. The name actually comes from a time when the rich used to box up gifts to give to the poor, which would then be distributed on the day after Christmas. And Boxing Day was also traditionally a day off for servants, a day when they received a special Christmas box from their employers, and would also go home on Boxing Day to give Christmas boxes to their families. I rather like that. So there you have it, my five lessons from 2022. Don't forget to come and share yours in the Actually Making a Difference Facebook group. Just search hashtag lessons from 2022. Who knows, perhaps you will win that ticket and be joining me in person in March 2023 for Actually's fourth birthday bash. I would love to meet you because it's time and you are ready to actually make a difference. Thank you for listening to the Actually Making a Difference podcast with me, Sarah Price. Come and join a community of purpose in our free and friendly Actually Making a Difference Facebook group. Because now that you're part of my world, you need never feel alone on this entrepreneurial journey and you will always be welcome.